Hello and welcome to the EZ Listening Cast. I'm E. I'm Z. And today we're going to be listening to Porter Robinson's latest album, Nurture. Um, have you heard of anything from Porter Robinson before this? Only what you've told me. So I've only heard like maybe one or two of his songs before this one. Mm-hmm. The, so before this, the only song I heard from him was uh, what will later be on this album. Uh, what was it called again? Get Your Wish. I can never okay. remember song titles. Yeah, Get Your Wish, track three on here. Um, and even though it wasn't in like my top 50 of last year, um, mm-hmm. it's a really good song. And after re-listening to it, I kind of I, I kind of could have put it in the top 50, but uh, things didn't really come to pass there. Um, all right, so I did happen to look up a little bit on... Uh, Porter Robinson. Uh, so, uh, for those that, for, for people listening that don't know who he is, um, he is related to Nick Robinson, uh, formerly of Polygon. I did try to send a comment or a question seeing if he wanted to, like, comment on the success of his brother, but I accidentally sent a dick pic. All right. That's my, that's the joke I thought about three <laughs> days ago and I was so proud of. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't prepared. I was like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Isn't it? Good morning to is? me. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Easy Podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> never forgive. Anyway, um, so yes, uh, related to that little douchebag, uh, he started playing music at the age of 12. He was completely self taught. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know, like, how old is he now? Uh, he's 28 uh, he's, now. He is 28 years old. He's a little bit older than me. And um, I'm jealous. I could have learned something at that young an age. I could have learned to play music. Fuck him. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. <laughs> we're starting that. We've got some animosity here. We're going to start it off with the animosity. All right. Um, in fact, uh, let's see. I've typed all of my notes like asynchronous asynchronously, so everything's just it's scattered to the fucking wind. Oh, that's what I did this time. I made the mistake. I was previously doing mine all digitally for the last uh, episode that we did, and that mm-hmm. worked really well because I could just adjust things, put them in a linear fashion. This time, I got myself a fancy little notebook, and uh, that I saw, immediately I saw made my notes that. worse. Yeah, you you sent me that, and it was like very very organized, and I was like, wow. You have your shit together. I've typed literally nothing. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta type some notes out before, before all this. Um, so I'd mentioned that he had also suffered from depression. In fact, uh, 2015 was a year where he did absolutely no music because it was just that bad of a year. Fucking relatable, buddy. Um, <laughs> but I mean, in 2019, he ended up getting nominated for a Grammy for his song Ghost Voices, which... I have not heard. Um, and that's my fault, because I am a good reviewer. I haven't heard <laughs> it either. I honestly just listened to the this album that you picked probably mm-hmm. two and a half times. Um, mm-hmm. And that's about I it. Did I did do a little research into the album, just to make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, I knew what the hell I was listening to. Because I, I right. saw that 
this is supposed to be his uh, the album's supposed to be about like his struggle to create and like be proud of the music that he makes mm-hmm. which was I, I thought that was kind of interesting and I feel like that does come through um what I did mm-hmm. find interesting is okay it's a 14 track one hour album yeah but this is yeah the this is the second album in a row that we've reviewed that has Japanese exclusive tracks. So, um, yeah, that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is, uh, track 15, Full Moon Lullaby, which he did with, um, uh, a, an artist that visited him, uh, where I have he her lives name. now, which I have her I name. I, her name is Wednesday Campanella. Thank you. I can't read by handwriting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Me too, though. I, same with my own. I thought it was interesting. And I was like, why wasn't this included in the original? 14 tracks and it's because i know he thought that it was not right for the album and that because it's in another language that he couldn't really control what was being said so he didn't feel like he had enough of a personal connection with this song to include it on his album which is supposed to be about being proud of the music that he creates i almost want to call him a fool for that because it is the best song on this album in my opinion it was my favorite too like, it is beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah, it's great. And what kind of upsets me with these bonus tracks, as I'm learning, is that they aren't on Spotify. Oh, that's right. You sent me a link and it was on YouTube, I think. Yeah, because that's the only place I could find it. Because when I was looking up the album, I found out about this other track, tried to find it on Spotify, which is where I listen to a majority of my music. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to YouTube to find it. That is kind yeah, of something I, I, I tried uh-huh. uh, talking about like the way I listen to music for this album. I tried to I wanted to listen to it two times all the way through, and I wanted to listen to it once while I was at work and like doing my job and kind of seeing, I I guess listening to the album in different situations to make sure I'm getting sort of a full, well-rounded experience of it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to listen to it once where I was really focusing like to the music, listening to all the music, and then a second time where I was listening to the music while working on other things. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that um, this album kind of gets boring if you're just listening to it and trying to listen to it and experience it, because um, it just ha- kind of mm-hmm. has this sameness to it all the way through. I had a similar reaction to it. Um, I, I, okay, I guess I can go ahead and talk about the like i'll just keep it in like a one sentence review because that's sometimes how i do things on regular music i i'm not the opinion that i get how much work he put into it i cannot call this effortless he really wanted to get the details right and i absolutely hear it i don't like it but it's only because it's just not for me this is this is one of those albums where it's like i recognize what you're doing it's just, um, it's not connecting with me personally. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same way. I thought there were kind of a lot of, like, really interesting musical decisions done. I've actually noted down Wind Tempos as one of those, because that one felt really experimental to me. That one's mm-hmm. about, like, six minutes long. Yes. But it's yes. kind of changing and evolving. And by the, the beginning of the song and the end of the song are so different. It feels kind of like a journey but it is not one that I wanted to go on. <laughs> I see. Yeah. When I was re-listening to it, 
And it started off, I had my headphones in. Normally I don't listen with my headphones in. I have my laptop and the speaker system is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I had it on with the headphones and I realized that Wind Tempos begins the exact same way as All My Friends by LCD Sound System. Oh. Because it's, it uses the same thing where it's a particular chord on a piano and it's played over and over and over all throughout the song. Um, mm-hmm. Both both songs are famous for this. It's like when you start hearing it, you're like, oh, I know that song. People tend mm-hmm. to lose their shit when they put this LCD sound system. So I was listening and I was like, oh, okay, that's a, another song that does that because I don't know many others that do that. Um, mm-hmm. I also later found out that that's called an ostinato, or an ostinato, I don't know how it's pronounced, where a song has a repeating, um, it's it's a repeating, I guess, phrase or a riff or something that um, is it's meant to establish mood. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just because it's a very catchy thing. It's a, it's very catchy. As soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, I'm interested in this. Um, which to, uh, works to the song's credit. Um, these are uh, where is it? Wind Tempos wasn't my favorite on here. Again, Full Moon Lullaby, best one on here. I hate that this is like on a like a um, it's a bonus track because a, this is oh, incredible. Yeah, it was definitely my favorite. I was really mad because I'm like playing through this album and listening to it two times. There weren't any songs on it that I. Uh, wanted to add to sort of my regular rotation of music that I listen to, other than <laughs> Full Moon Lullaby, which is not available on Spotify, which is where I listen to all my music. So the um, so definitely Full Moon Lullaby, great. Um, I also said I had also mentioned that Got Your Wish, which was a, a teaser from last year, is outstanding. Um. I also really enjoyed Look at the Sky and Mirror. Like, those are very, very pretty songs. Um, yeah, I I have Look at the Sky and Mirror noted down on mine, too. I have actually my favorite two songs from the main 14 tracks is uh, Musician and Do, Ra, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do. Mm-hmm. I have those two written down as my favorite ones, which, um, interestingly, I, w- I was wondering if any of these were released as singles beforehand. And there were mm-hmm. six songs off of this album that were released as singles beforehand. So it was Look at the Sky, mm-hmm. Get Your Wish, Musician, Mirror, Something Comforting, and Unfold were all released as singles beforehand. But I didn't hear a single one of them before I listened to the album. Yeah, same here. I, I had only found out about this guy when Got Your Wish came out. And I think it was because it was recommended by um, Anthony Fantano whenever he was doing his best tracks of the week. And he was correct. It was a beautiful song. The A lot of the influences that I heard on this, because it was reminding me of quite a lot of other musicians, one immediately was Anna Managuchi, uh, the Canadian rock band that uh, uses a lot of uh, J-pop and K-pop and uh, chiptune influences in their music. It is, they're incredible. Uh, if you don't know, if you don't know too, they are also responsible for the soundtrack to the Scott Pilgrim video game. I have not, but I do know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oh, I was also reminded of Passion Pet. Ye- yeah. Uh, a little bit, a little bit of that. A lot of, a lot of 
openings for anime. And I don't watch anime, even though if you ever saw me, you'd call me a fucking fat liar. But it's true. I don't... I don't... <laughs> I, I don't watch a lot of anime. Um, every time... Like, I've seen a lot of first episodes because I'm like, maybe this is the time where I want to watch... I want to watch anime for once. And the theme song is always gorgeous. It always is like, you're about to watch the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. And then you watch it and you find out, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, there, I mean, there may be a time where I change that. I do not want to watch Neon Genesis Evangelion. The theme song is hilariously incredible. Um, I mentioned Serial Experiments Lane, where they had the song Duvet by uh, Boa, I think it was. Um, mm -hmm. Which you haven't heard it. Go listen to it. It is just fucking incredible. Um, what are some others? Case Closed always had hilarious ones. And the uh, dubbed version, the lead singer sounds like he's singing out of his ears. <laughs> it's like... Like, it's almost like that, but imagine if I was speaking English. It's, it's like, Randy Newman, is that you? <laughs> Randy Newman's talking about the, the teenager that got shrunk as a kid by an experimental drug and has to solve mysteries. That's case closed. <laughs> so speaking about, like, uh, influences and things sounding like other things, the song I mentioned, Musician, which is... My favorite, mm -hmm. probably from the main tracks, that actually has a bunch of sampling in it. So it has, now I'm going to throw a lot of names at you real fast. It's got a sample mm -hmm. of the song Think About It, performed by Lynn Collins, written by James Brown. It's got samples of It Takes Two, it's performed by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, which is also written by James Brown um, and Robert Ginyard. It also has a... Uh, I think samples of an unreleased collaborative track between Caro Caro Bonito and uh, Porter Robinson. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that one I guess I wasn't able to hear in this song because I haven't heard that one. But I did, mm -hmm. I could, I think, recognize the samples of the two songs written by James Brown in there. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was a, kind of a really interesting choice um, to... Uh, title a song musician right mm -hmm. have samples of other musicians on it on an album that is about being proud of the music that you yourself are writing mm -hmm. um i i that thought is, that, that is interesting yeah i i don't really know if there's something to like if i'm gonna be able to get the meaning out of that that is intended but uh i do think that is kind of an interesting thing to think about and look at in this album. I'll have to listen to that again because I didn't really Oh, that's Mother. I was thinking of Mother. Mother was one of one of the songs on there that I did not enjoy that much. So that ended up being st stuck in my memory as you don't like this. And <laughs> my memory is so shot because I'm like I don't remember I don't remember musician. And if I played it right now, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, that, and that, and that, and this, and that. Yeah. This is annoying for a podcast. <laughs> it's I'm fine. I'm supposed to know what I'm talking about, damn it. 
So, would you say Mother is probably your least favorite track? Somewhere, I would say that would be true. Um, The other songs are just, again, they just didn't really connect with me. So yeah, you'd have like like a, maybe a handful of good songs, that one bad one, and then the rest is just kind of bland for me. Yeah, because the, the, the first time I listened to it, I listened to it all the way through. It took me four songs to get into the album and, like, be able to appreciate <laughs> it. I just wasn't connecting, wasn't getting it. Um, and then after I listened to it the first time, I looked it up, read about the meaning, and then listened to it a second time. But the first time I listened to it, I did not get that meaning just from listening to the songs. I don't oh, know. That, um... I don't know why that reminded me of it. One of the things that I found really, really interesting on here was um, when I was hearing it, I was like, who's the lady singing? She's got a very beautiful voice. And I was like looking for a name. And then I found out it's Porter Robinson. He had pitched Pitched his his voice voice up. up. Yeah. And it sounded flawless, like in terms of like the recording, the way, like normally um, if you would hear... If you like, if you would ever take your voice and like pitch it up, it would sound like a, a woman's voice. But you would also have to account for the fact that you're like losing time. I guess would be the right. How do you put it? Like it would become shorter than the original recording. You're kind of thinking of an Alvin and the Chipmunks situation. Kind there is of. a way to you can just pitch songs up and down, but a lot of the time when you hear people doing this i can think of like a hundred gex they mm-hmm. pitch up all of their uh i wouldn't say all their vocals but a lot of their vocals are pitched up and it sounds very synthetic very mechanic um mm-hmm. dorian electra pitches their voice down you still get that really synthetic feeling to it and in cases of both of those artists, they really lean into that synthetic sound and uh, mm-hmm. include that sort of um, vocal tuning warble, I would call it, that um, makes it yeah. very obvious that it's synthetic. But what I thought was really interesting with this is that Porter Robinson has gone so far away from synthetic and has somehow managed to completely eliminate the sound of the machine from the vocals yeah it's like it was i was really shocked by that because i was like how did he do that that's you would think that you would hear like some artifact like oh this was done in post-production yeah i mean i think he's just he's just really good at what he does yeah like that's that's kind of what it boils down to because i i do write music i do kind of do that experimental thing and i've I mean, I'd say I'm an amateur. I don't know a ton about the process behind it, but from what I have attempted, it is difficult to do something like that. I don't think I've ever tried it because I don't do anything. So, like listening, like listening to that is just—it's really, really cool, and I admire it. I'm losing my train of thought as I speak. But yeah, I just, that was really, really cool to me. Now, the thing too is that whenever I would think of someone that would manipulate their voice, um, Mm -hmm. one example to me would be Laurie Anderson, who was, who is, sorry, who um, is an experimental uh, pop musician famous for the song Oh Superman, where she made her voice as mechanical as possible and in Mm -hmm. fact looped her voice in order to create the main melody. this song has been used in several commercials and is currently a permanent 
fixture at the Museum of Modern Art, New York. One of the things that she would do um, during the Mr. Heartbreak era, so this is like 1984, 1985, she would completely change her appearance. Like she would cover her face up in like a toboggan with the eyes and the mouth like cut out. Very almost not like um, it's not like a balaclava or anything. It's like cut out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it made her look completely inhuman. And she pitched her voice down. And the reason that she did it was that she was making, because she's a performance artist, she would make this point that by put, by pitching her voice down, people would take her more seriously because they would see mm. someone that is not a woman. Yeah, I, that, that is interesting. And what, the, what, what was so crazy or what was so funny about that is that what she was saying, for the most part, was complete nonsense. But people were like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And it was like, it was like, you don't believe a woman when she's telling the truth, but you'll believe a man when he's saying nothing. And that was her, the ultimate point of it. Um, and she would end up revisiting this on her Homeland album where she pitched her voice very down, like, like as, not as far down as it would go, but like it sounded very much like a man was speaking. But her attempt at disguising her gender was just putting on a fake mustache, which is the album cover for Homeland. It's just her gray hair looking very smug with a fake mustache. Valid, I think. <laughs> yes. She is an icon. She is the moment. And I, like, she's one of the smartest people out there. Um, her soundtrack to the film she made, Heart of a Dog, is devastatingly beautiful. It is about her coping with the loss of her husband, Lou Reed, her dog, and her mother, all while saying some of the most profound stuff in, like, you'll ever hear. Amazing soundtrack. I've yet to see the film because I don't watch a lot of movies. But mm-hmm. it is it's easily in my top 20 favorite ever. She is outstanding. But, um, but to get back to the main point... Um, I guess the I guess the only thing the two have in common is the fact that they do change their voices. I don't remember. I might have not remembered this right. I thought I had read somewhere that he had used the female voice in his music to sort of speak from a place that he could not speak from himself, like it was revealing a very hard truth that he couldn't hear himself say. Oh, that is in. I. Hmm. I don't know if I have remembered that wrong, but um, I think I had to like Google it because I was like, "Who's who's the lady singing on the song?" And it was like, "No, it was it was Porter." I'll have mm-hmm. to fi- I'll have to find it again. Um, obviously, I can't do that now because if I do, I won't be able to speak because ADHD is a son of a bitch. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, another, another, uh, person that this album reminded me of, cause I had to listen to it last year. Um, a man by the name of Jacob Collier. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, mm-hmm. do you know who this man is? No. So not a lot of people knew who Jacob Collier was until last year when he was nominated for the Grammy for album of the year for his album, Jesse volume three. Um, 
I just want to say to Porter, you are absolutely much better than Jacob Collier. I do not like that album at all. Um, it's but they do kind of the same thing where it is an album that does not sit still. The ADHD in this one is strong, like jumping from genre to genre. Um, like, cause, uh, Jacob Clear is trained in, I think both classical and jazz. I might be wrong on that. Um, but they were like constantly jumping from genre to genre, not letting a song be repetitive. And this one kind of does that too, where it incorporates um, some different influence, some different influences. Um, for me, though, I would think that the influences here are all songs that are near and dear to Porter's heart, which is why that would probably um, what's the word? It would probably go back to where he was trying to make music that he felt comfortable uh, making. I'm sorry I don't have a lot to say about this. I'm, I am kind of stuck here because, um, again, it's not. it wasn't an album that really did much for me. I'm just kind of seeing where, I'm seeing what, like, the flags that he's putting down. Like, this is what, this this is where this was. And it, and you can kind of, you can absolutely confirm it. There's not, not a doubt in my mind that this man knows what he's talking about. And he knows what he wants. I just discovered he produced the whole thing by himself. Nurture? Yes. He uh, is the main producer. Yes. And he he wrote all of the songs with the exception of few, a few which he had uh, co-written. And um, yeah. Okay. So I was just looking here. A musician is co is um, its other writer is Cara Cara Benita. She is a credited artist. Yes. So, and I'm looking to see if there's like any other names here that I might recognize, um, other than Unfold, which was co-written with the featured guest, Totally Enormous Extinct Dinosaurs. What a great name! It's a good name. Although the dude's name is Orlando Tobias Edward Higginbottom, so he's got good names all around. <laughs> yeah, I think he's hoarding the good names. <laughs> he's just taking them all right save some for the rest of us i mean he did give one to wednesday campanella though so he is generous <laughs> <laughs> i do wednesday campanella is a beautiful woman though i'm just looking at a picture of her i'm like good god almighty oh, I'm and she's got a voice oh oh bitch she's gonna make me cry i love that song <laughs> So yeah, the other thing I like about it is the album cover. And it's not just because it's a mood. It's like that absolutely does speak on what the album is all about. Like when like you look at that and you tell me the things that the things called nurture, I'm like, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really I really like that. And I don't know like I don't know where they took that, if that's something that um uh, like if it's one of like Porter's personal pictures like it happened to be on his phone or something or if it's stock but like he, he hit the nail on the head with that so yeah um, so I guess we're all good on that how would you rate the album? I 
I think because personally it's not something that I would listen to other than the bonus track. So I, I feel mm-hmm. like I out of five, I would have to give it a three. I'm I'm actually the same way. Uh, it's a three out of five for me as well. First time we agreed. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're only on the second episode, so I think that means something good for us. Yes. Yeah, yes, I just... Yes, yes. I don't know. I feel like I wanted more from it. It's an hour long, and it feels like it's an hour long. Yeah. I, yeah, that was part of the reason why I didn't really like it, but I do recognize... He is extremely talented, and I know for a fact that the next thing he makes, it's going to blow. It's going to blow this one out of the water, and and I, I am rooting for his success because he definitely does deserve it. Yeah, I agree. So excited for that! All right. Well, thank you very much, dear listener, for tuning in to the Easy Listening Cast. We'll be back next week, or maybe not. We don't know. we'll see as always uh take care and thank you so much for tuning in you have a good one